take hold of every beginning of every week is certainly a strengthening and a opportunity to fellowship one with another. But obviously our focus should be on you. And I'm grateful, Lord, for this morning, the topic upon which we are about ready to embark is one that in most recent years has come under much consternation. The family has been weakened. The family has been, in many ways, changed in definition only, not in your principles, but in definition only. But yet the world seems to be following in the definition instead of in the divine. And so God, I pray as we focus in on this particular subject that, Lord, we are awakened to what you have to say about it. And then we're also faced with a choice. Will we or will we not follow what you have for us to say in your word? So Lord, I pray that our ears would be attentive to your spirit, that we would hear what you want us to hear. Our hearts would be receptive to the Spirit's leading that we would become those individuals that you desire for us to become. And then, Lord, may our community be changed because we'll be changed. And to you and through you and by you, we give you the praise and honor and glory. For it's in Christ's name we ask these things. Amen. Thank you, Terry, for reminding us of next week at the baptism service. We are going to have just one service. We have three wonderful, young, and vibracious ladies who long to be baptized, ages 7, 8, and 9. Can't wait. It's going to be great. But again, just to help you to remember, if you weren't paying attention to Terry, I don't know why you weren't, but hey, I understand life. That means next week at 9 o'clock will be our worship service and then followed that by 10.30 for our Sunday school hour. With that also, I didn't have time or didn't receive any of the information. We were able to schedule a musical group to come to Grace Community Church. And they'll be with us on November the 3rd. The name of the group is Recreation. Their main ministry that they have is that they go and minister to our veterans. And so they're going to be with us. They're going to be sharing with us that evening at 7 o'clock, November the 3rd, 7 o'clock. And they're going to be sharing with us songs that are relative to what we would like to have here in church. And so uh, mark that down. More information about that is coming. Like I said, we didn't get any of that material until Friday Bulletins were already done, and so we still have time. That's November the 3rd at 7 o'clock in this evening. And if I can ask the ushers to do something for me, turn them fans on. You know, I, I, I need some cool air happening here. I tell you what, I, when I see people fanning themselves, I know it's warm. And uh, so we need to, and, and I'm thankful for the warmth, amen? Thankful for that. But uh, at the same time, Um, The flower can only hold as much heat before it wilts. And this flower has wilted a long time ago. I knew, I see, I knew you all singing that. 
Yeah, I knew you were all thinking that. Amen. There they come. Praise God. A rich businessman had a brand new building built for himself. Business had gotten so large and so incorporated that he needed a larger facility in order to be able to accomplish things that needed to be done in his line of work. One day he walks into his office and he is presented with a very disheartening, if not a great surprise. As he looked at the finished wall, he recognized that there was a crack that was going from the top right left corner down to the floor. Getting a hold of maintenance to come in and repair that, they caulked it or they plastered it, whatever, and then repainted the whole wall and he was satisfied. But it wasn't a month later he comes in and there's not one crack now, now there's a few cracks in the wall. Him being the type of businessman that he is, he got on the, on the phone and called the contractor who built the facility and began as kindly as he could to ream this individual out and demand that that person come to his office to correct the problem. He finalized the day that that individual was supposed to be there and in coming in the morning of that day, he walked into his office, but he found out that the individual that was supposed to be there was not there, and so he went out to his secretary and said, where is he? The secretary told him, well, he came into your office, he looked at the problem, and then he left. Where did he go? I think he went down to the basement why is he at the basement? Diane, does this sound any conversation like you and I would be having here? Yeah, just about like that. And so, fuming at this moment in time, he went down to the basement, and sure enough, there was the contractor in the basement. And he said to the contractor, what are you doing down here? The problem is up in my office. And the contractor said, that's not where your problem is. The problem is down here on the foundation. It seems through investigation that the, the night janitor was taking bricks out of the foundation and taking them home and create a patio. I used to be a night custodian, but I never stole a brick in my life. <laughs> And so the contractor said, the crack on your wall is due to the weakening of the foundation. Our subject has to deal with family. And I really feel and sense as you maybe are already coming to the conclusion that the reason our families are cracking the reason we're focusing more on the fissures is that the foundation is being stolen. World system, yes, forced by the forces of darkness, I would say. All of a sudden, our foundation is shifting. 
And sometimes we spend too much time and too much effort and too much money in trying to plaster and repaint the wall to make it look good. But in reality, what we need to do is sure up the foundation. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, I invite you to turn there. That's not going to be our main passage, but Jesus speaks of foundations in Matthew, chapter 7. Very familiar passage. It comes at the end, in fact, it comes at the end of Jesus' greatest teaching, known as the Sermon on the Mount, and from chapter 4 to chapter 7, Jesus is teaching principles of the kingdom of God. And he finishes his great teaching by saying, any of you that would choose to listen and do what I've been teaching you, he says, I look at that individual as someone who lays a foundation. And there's two types of foundation because there are two types of builders. It says one individual, when he's building a house, he puts the foundation on rock, on stone. Then there's another builder who puts his foundation in the sand. To build a foundation on stone and on rock takes a lot more time takes a lot more energy, takes a lot more purpose in order to make something stand and stay. An individual who builds on sand finds himself just doing it the easy way, less expensive way, not great cost way. Maybe even looking for a way out way. But there's something that happens that is equal to both situations. A storm comes. And the storm hits both of the homes. In the Greek, it is a huge force that comes and hits both of the homes. And you know which one stood. The one who built his house in the sand stood over a pile of sticks because that's all that was left. But what I want you to focus on, dear people, is this. Is that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, you have a choice to make. We are going to engage ourselves into an introduction and we're going to focus on the foundation that God has established for family, but you have a choice to make. You can either choose to follow those principles or you can choose not to. But I will tell you this, a storm is coming. And when the storm hits your house, then you will know the effects of your work. For either you will build it on a solid foundation on the Lord Jesus Christ, 
or you will take the easy way and build it on sand, and you'll have nothing left. What is disarming, or at least alarming to me, is that it doesn't matter if you're believers or not, the divorce rate is equal across the board. 50%. It used to be that homes built upon the foundation of the rock of the principles of the Word of God could stand a little bit longer than those who are not. But that no longer is true. Because 50% of households, whether have Christ or don't have Christ, face themselves with divorce. Another, another alarming thing to me is that 72%, now think of that, 72% of the African American population, the father is nowhere to be found. Homes are empty of the influence of fatherhood. And all they have is someone that maybe they'll never meet in their whole life, but someone has only given to them a last name. Never lasting truth. We find ourselves in a, in a horrible society whereby even the definition of family has been eradicated. What used to be, no longer is. This morning, I want to take you on a journey. It's a principle of Bible study. And it's called, First Things First. In other words, when you see in the Word of God, Something that God says at the very beginning, that's where you want to begin to look at. What does God have to say about it? And what God has to say about it will determine of where you will or will not build your family. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. It's not easy building on concrete and stone. It isn't easy at all. It takes work. You won't be absent of storms. But if your foundation is sure, there's a pretty good chance you won't have cracks in the walls. So where do we begin to lay the foundation? We need to survey the pages of Genesis chapter 1. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to look at the origin of the family and the dominion of the family as recorded in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2.
I draw your attention to Genesis chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The word us there, in reference to God, is the phrase that we deal with in theology circles of called Elohim. It is the plural word of God, meaning Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We're all involved in this creative act brings to light John chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 2, verse 3, all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made who was made. It's in reference to Jesus Christ. So Jesus is here. Holy Spirit is here because in, John, in Genesis chapter 1, the very beginning verse says, and the Spirit of God moved across the waters. Then God said, let there be light. So we have this unified, if you will, triune Godhead involved in creation. And the pinnacle of the creative acts is you, man and woman, male, female. It's you. And in this creative act, we see two things that I need to draw your attention to very quickly. First of all, we have been created in such a way that we reflect if you, or mirror the very image of God. We are as much a triune part as God Himself is. We have body, soul, and spirit. We were created in His image. Doesn't mean we look like God. I trust God does not look like me. Lord, have mercy. Won't that be a surprise when we get to glory? Can I get an amen? Man, you look just like Pastor Doug. God says, you're in the wrong place, man. You're in the wrong place. That's not what that means. It means that we are to mirror the very image of our God through our body, soul, and spirit. The other thing that is very evident in this passage I just read for you is that we have a dominion. A dominion means that we have been given the privilege to 
handle, to manifest, if you will, to manage what God has made. We are to be stewards, as the Apostle Paul says in the book of Corinthians. Stewards of what God has given us. We are to have a dominion over that in order for the fact that the world sees God working in and through us. We are supposed to manage things of creation. You'll notice once in a while as I walk through the church, I, being a custodian, I've learned that when I see a piece of paper on the floor, I pick it up. And I go home and I empty my pockets. Now, do not shower the floors of this church with your papers. I got just so much pocket room. But what I'm saying, we are to manage things that God has given to us. Because of the fact that he has ordained dominion for us. So understanding the fact of the origin of the family, number one, the family is God's idea. Man did not come up with this formula. God did. God established it. God built it. God gave it a mission. He's given us a dominion guided by His Word alone. It's God's idea. Family is God's idea. And secondly, as a family, we have a divine mission. Let me tell you what that mission is. Family is a, has a divine mission. It is our mission as families to mirror the very image of God in all that we do and all that we say. We are to mirror Him. And unfortunately, when the foundations break, so do mirrors. And there's nothing worse than looking in a mirror that has cracks in it because the image is distorted. And the world sees a distorted picture of God. So one of the purposes of my series of messages on this, on this particular issue is this. We need to bring in a brand new plate of glass. We need to go back to the basics. As one football coach said as he stood in front of his team, he picked up a football and he said, Gentlemen, this is a football. We need to get back to basics. Ladies and gentlemen, 
This is God's word. And seeing God gave and made and ordained the family, we ought to read the manual that goes along with it. Now I want you to notice something very interesting. Because when we get to chapter 2 of Genesis, all of a sudden, something changes that we don't really focus on. Maybe we skim over it too quickly. But beginning in verse 4 of chapter 2, now all of a sudden, God interjects a different name of himself. He says, Lord God. But notice in verse 7 of chapter 2, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. In chapter 1 of Genesis, you got the overall picture In chapter 2, now you go back and you start to put into place the pieces of where they need to go. In chapter 1, Elohim created all that there is. In chapter 2, Lord God now establishes His authority over everything that He has created. The word Lord there, capital L, big letter L, capital O-R-D, is a word, is a name that God even said to Moses at the burning bush, this is my name. And his name is Yahweh. And you can look it up in Strong's encyclopedia or concordance of the Bible. And you'll find out that that word L-O-R-D, all capital letters, literally means superior. Above all. Owner of all. Described in one word, authority. Here we have Lord God now, Yahweh, meaning authority over all that he has created, even his pinnacle of creation, which he says, and the Lord God fashioned from the dirt man and breathed his breath into him that brought him to life. Older people, if you want to know the blessings of life, let God breathe into you. And He breathes into you by His Word. He breathes into you by the presence of His Holy Spirit. And if you're sitting here this morning and you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I'm here to tell you, you're a dead man sitting For you need the breath of God in you to bring forth life. And that life is in His Son. And He who has the Son has life. 
And he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Lord God. And we see this relationship that all of chapter 2 finishes with this beautiful relationship of God Almighty, King of Kings, authority of all that there is as He relates to mankind. And in that relationship, we understand and find out, yes, God has given us a dominion. But He owns it all. He's the authority. And how we manage what He's given to us determines or at least is depicted by what we think who He is. And this wonderful relationship that only two individuals got to experience as they walked in the garden with the Lord God, as they heard Him speak personally to them, as He directed them into what He had for them to do. He was the authority. He owned it all. And all they were to do was take care of it. But something happened. When you come to chapter 3, in the introduction of what has happened, not only here in a moment of history, but from that moment all the way through the present time, we're going to find out something. As quickly as we can gloss over the name Lord God, we can lose sight of what Satan does. In chapter 3. For it says in chapter 3, again, now the serpent was among the cunning, was more cunning than any beast of the field which the, what everybody? Lord God made. And he said to the woman, has God said? What's missing, everybody? The word Lord. Don't miss that point. The evil one doesn't mind you being religious. He just don't want you to be under the authority of God and his word. Can someone help me with an amen? And so when he came to the woman, he didn't mind invoking the name of God, but he was not about to invoke the name authority, ruler of all. We got many households today, dear people, that on the mantle maybe they got, God bless this house. But which one is showing up is the question. Is that only a religious sign minus the authority? 
Is God really the authority of your house? Because that's where the foundation gets built. Who's in control? Who are you listening to? Who is it that you're taking information from? Oh, there's a lot of great authors concerning family. I, I've read some of their stuff, and it's really good stuff. But that's only man's ideas. I'm talking about what does God have to say? He is the authority. He is the one who has established. He is the one who rules. Well, the choice is yours. Which foundation would you like to build your house on? In fact, the dominion of the family is that we are to rule. That the family's de delegation is to rule. But we rule under the authority of the ruler. Many kingdoms have come and gone due to the ruler, not the rulee. Fifty percent of the families in this country and all of the world will end in divorce because they're not listening to the ruler. They're only paying attention to rulees. Now you may be here this morning saying, well, all of my children are out home. But sometimes you got rugrats that show up. They're called grandchildren. And you get to have them for a couple of days. Amen, baby? We've had two grandchildren for a couple of days. But ready to send them home this afternoon. Amen? Eating my food, drinking my hot chocolate. But they need to see the authority of God in your house. In your house. Some of you are here this morning and saying, hey, I'm not even married. Well, next week, the sermon's going to be for you. Because before Adam met Eve, he got instructions from God to be a man of God. And you young ladies gotten all kinds of stars in your eyes anticipating one day you're going to walk down the aisle where there's a choice you can make. You can either walk down the aisle with a man of God or walk down the aisle with nothing more than a wolf in sheep's clothing. What are you going to do? It's too late then. You got to start making the decision now. And we'll see that next week.
foundation, dear people. The foundation is that God is the authority of all that there is. The question is, will you build your home on his authority or on your own? Let's pray. Father, I pray, O oh God, for your help. I pray for your strength. We can't do anything without you. We can go through the motions. We can try to patch all the cracks. There's one thing cracks have is that they have family members that show up too. All of a sudden, one crack turns into 25. It's because the foundation is being stolen. May it be our desire, O oh Lord God, that we'd allow you to rebuild the foundation. Make it brand new. And would we commit ourselves to have a dominion underneath your authority and obey your words and follow your ways in order to have great victory in this wonderful institution of one family under God. And I'll praise you in your name. Amen.